1: you put the boom boom into my heart (laughs) you all know you put the boom boom in our hearts welcome everybody thank you so much for joining us on thoughts that rock the podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice squeezed into about half an hour into our solo listener in russia Your bare-chested president rides a magnificent steed.
2: (laughs) Fake news. Fake news. (laughs) Fake news alert. (laughs) Hey, listen, we know how busy you are, and I know you've got a lot of things going on in your life, and it's probably really tough to even squeeze out 30 minutes, but that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give you some things that could amp up your life, and hopefully those little pieces will help you out regardless of what you're doing. Right now, you could be floating in an inner tube or camping out under the stars or... Removing all the cash from a joint account. It doesn't really matter. We just want to be the 30 minutes that you look forward to every week.
1: This podcast supports Cannonball Kids Cancer, an incredible nonprofit providing options for kids that have run out of options. CKC funds research for families that have been told there's nothing else that can be done. They go out, find the research, fund the research, and literally bring hope To those that are feeling hopeless, we are incredibly proud to make sure that everything we do here supports the work they do. For sure. Now, just
2: as a final reminder, whatever format you're listening to the podcast, if you like the show, and we hope that you do, we would love it. Absolutely love it. If you would just take a moment to drop down and give us not only a rating, but actually write a review. Believe it or not, it does help for people tuning in, and that'll just
1: help support Cannibal Kids Cancer a little bit more. Yep no question so if there's anything else that we can do i I don't know jim what possibly we could do oh my goodness you know maybe make a ham sandwich here we go or maybe some tacos i don't know all i know is that when you hear this music it's time for business it is time for business it's business Business time! time
2: We are so excited today to have on the show one of my dear friends. I think we're probably going on about 15 years here, which is Amanda Height, who is the co-founder and CEO of BTC Revolutions. That's Be the Change Revolutions, which is a media agency based in D.C. Um, and I've known Amanda, like I said, for for quite a while. I think the first time that I heard of her, I knew that she was already in a leadership role. I, I want to say she was probably uh, in a restaurant franchisee marketing department for a while, and you know she's she's sort of been in those sort of leadership positions since I think she was 16 years old. But it was in 2008 when she really got the entrepreneur bug. And the story goes, and Amanda can help me, you know, correct if if I get this wrong. But I think you had something like 64 dollars in your pocket and cashed in on your savings and your 401k to really start your own business, which was a recruiting company. I think that's how we met, right? The first time. Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, as long as I've known her, you know, Amanda's just had a passion for helping businesses out, but even more than that, and, and where I think I fell madly in love with her, you know, from a business standpoint, is just her political activism and her her fight for social justice and some very specific causes that are dear to her and, and her upbringing. And I've just always known her to be very smart and dynamic and great keynote speaker, um huge social media influencer, and you've been featured in The Huffington Post and Entrepreneur Magazine and Nation's Restaurant News, and I could go on and on. just the accolades keep coming with Amanda. But I do know that the cool thing in these last uh, two years, be the change revolutions, which helps companies really maximize their impact on the business and society by getting them to think differently about social media and marketing and and the workplace engagement, but you've been really recognized. I think, you know, Inc. Magazine, right, uh, has listed you on one of the fastest growing private companies in the U.S. You're in the top 500, is that correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, 2016
2: to 2017. Man, that's that's unbelievable, unbelievable. But you know, I could go on and on and talk about how fantastic and all the great stuff. And maybe we'll even talk about some of the charitable causes that uh, that you wrap yourself around. and, And I've been lucky enough to help support you. But I mean, we're just so giddy that you are joining us on Thoughts That Rock. So welcome.
0: Yeah, thanks. 15 years. I feel pretty lucky. Yeah. I feel, I, I feel like there's is is there some kind of anniversary we should celebrate. Is there like a term for that? Or. We
1: get like a watch or something. Yeah, you know. What do
0: you,
2: what do you get at fifteen?
1: <laughs> yeah, is it? I don't it, know. Is it silver? Is it gold? I've only <laughs> known aluminum. I've only known him for like five, and I'm already gray. So I don't know how you've lasted as long as you have, Amanda. But that's amazing.
2: Oh,
0: that's Great. Uh, We've got
1: lots of good stories. We use a lot of hair color.
2: We're yeah. going to talk hair color products today. <laughs> yes. Actually, I don't know if you remember this or not. I mean, the first time we met was at a. Uh, we were at an industry conference. It was Chart, the Council of Hotel Restaurant Trainers. And, uh, brain, you should see, we, you know, there's probably about 350, 400 people that go to this conference, but we're in a hospitality suite. It's at night. And, uh, I'm talking to a couple of my friends and I look over and leaning up against the back of a couch was this person who also had spiky hair and had sort of this <laughs> grin on her face and had a drink in her hand. And, you know, at some point I moved over there to her and she just kept, we, we were just staring at each other. It was hilarious. And she goes, uh, I don't know if you remember this line, Amanda, but she goes, uh, I don't know you but I feel like we should know each other. (laughs) It was so cool. It was a great moment. And it was, I don't know. We were probably talking about hair care products. And since then we've done some pretty cool stuff together, some in the industries. And sometimes we're the sort of co keynote speakers on an event. And geez, we've hung out everywhere from beaches to wine country from, Kentucky to Ethiopia so you yes. <laughs> you don't you don't get that that uh, varied with uh, some friends and I've just man I've just been so happy to know you
0: I can tell you the secrets of what Jim's hair does in, the, in, in weather in
2: Ethiopia. Yes, yes. Water, hats,
1: and uh, Ethiopia, Africa hot. I wondered if Not he good. like cut the tops of the hats off so that his hair could actually come out, almost like a visor, <laughs> like a big, thick visor. Hey, I actually have
2: pictures of us uh, hanging out in a village in the middle of nowhere where I put a bandana on, and it does look yes. like I'm wearing one of these little visors with the fake, <laughs> fake hair, but uh, yeah, it's the real deal. So we're, we're just so thrilled to be here. And, uh, and, and honestly, it's um, you know, probably a little bit different than other podcasts, if you've ever seen them, where it kind of goes through your entire history. And I know we're going to weave some of that in there. But we really wanted to get right to the heart of you sharing some awesome pieces of advice. And I know you've got many to choose from. Uh, but I'm going to throw it over to you. What, um, what is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock! Number, Number one! Yeah,
0: it was it was tough to pick one when you asked me uh this earlier, but uh I have to say cuz I think it all starts here. Um uh, being the authentic, unapologetic you and kind of when you brace that, embrace that, uh everything else starts to fall in place. Um and I, I really do believe passionately that um with, the first step in really being able to realize anyone's truth talents, potential to be able to live a more fulfilling life, uh, to get acceptance from others is really the self-acceptance and, and really unapologetically embracing being who you are. Um, so I believe that as us as individuals and also us as just, you know, hu- humanity in general, um, the more we can expand our capacity to let others be exactly who they are um, and the more we can kind of accept ourselves, like, we'll be a better it's a better better world
2: to live in. Yeah. And, and I know you probably will disagree and say that this has been maybe an evolution for you. Many people say that, but honestly, ever since I've known you, that sort of has been your mantra. I'm glad you picked this one. Cause you're right. This is probably the heart of, of your whole entire life, but I've always known you to stick your neck out and say, this is who I am, you know, and I, and yeah. I am unapologetic about that. Do you agree? Or do you think this is, you know, changed and evolved with you over the years?
0: Oh, no. I mean, uh, I definitely, you know, I'm whether it's been a, an unpopular political opinion or, um, you know, maybe I like a Justin Bieber song. Right. I've never. I, this most this podcast my- is over <laughs> and done <laughs> yeah. and <Yeah>, we're finished. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've, I've never been too shy about that. But, you know, I think that that you evolve into that. I, I, I always say, like, I love kids and old people. Yeah, And I think, you know, we're all born really authentic and you, you're around kids, especially when they just start talking and you, you just watch them explore the world with wonder. And they're so just real and haven't quite been jaded yet. Uh, but as we kind of grow up and go through life, we start to, uh, you know, try to be, you know, gain acceptance and approval from our parents and then our teachers and then our you know other kids at school. And then we're in the workplace. And, you know, by the time we're you know, adults, you know, you hear people say, well, I feel lost. I'm not sure who I am. And, um, I say kids and old people cause kids are just so full of wonder and old people are just like live long enough to, you know, not, not caring. Not caring. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, everybody else in between, I'm kind of, you know, iffy about, but, and so I think I, you know, I went through a similar journey with myself where Jim, if you, I don't know if you've, you've known me for 15 years, I don't know if you've ever, uh, been able to see any of the pictures of me like during middle school with no. like a really really bad we we weren't hair twins then i oh well, maybe we were you had long hair too but i had a really bad perm aquanet bangs <laughs> um you know i wore dresses and carried around a flowered um a patterned bible cover all the time and i certainly was not uh myself i felt very awkward and it was you know very and it wasn't until you know and it was probably more i'd say when i turned 18 and uh started kind of becoming more independent, uh, on my own outside. And I just kind of eventually, I think I looked around and saw that the people in my life, many of the people in my life that I was, you know, trying so hard to, uh, please and be different, a different person to different people. I just realized like these folks aren't really happy themselves and aren't really sure who they are. And so, um, as I started just, you know, kind of owning that, I think you see that other people, um, you know the, it, when, the more we model that for others other people other people feel it's safe to be the same and people really kind of crave uh they want to be who they are um and so and, and you know and it's it's you know and i do believe that eventually uh things uh it, it will take you it'll attract the things in your life that are uh that you're meant to 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 do and be and the people that you're meant to be around and you know so it's not that it's it's always easy uh because sometimes it might push some people away but arguably you know the p- people you'll surround yourself with uh, that do also accept you um are good so anyways i could talk all, all day about that but uh
2: we love that def- yeah yeah <laughs> you, have, you have 20 minutes okay. <laughs> oh good
0: good I mean, good well
2: first off you need to send one of those early pictures of you we're going to put that in the show notes if people want to oh, see an awful. early aquanet bang Amanda- <laughs> i mean i
0: got a video of like me singing uh and a, a soprano voice falsetto whatever uh Uh, wind beneath
2: my wings in that firm. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was bad. The full full bet Midler. Yes. Yeah. Do do you think, um, you know, what you just said, I I think is really, and and maybe this helped you get into this entrepreneurship lifestyle too. I mean, do you think that maybe you could see a, a group of people that maybe weren't their authentic self, and here you were wanting to be able to do things the way that you wanted to do it? And you know, even in your work life, you're saying, listen, I may as well just be able to own my own story, own my own business, make the decisions. You know, you surrounded yourself with a bunch of really good, smart people, too. But I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think maybe this is what happens with entrepreneurs, that they get so frustrated with not just the status quo, but wanting to do things the way that they want to do, whether it's the way they look or act or behave or think or whatever it is. Do you think that helped push you sooner into that entrepreneurship lifestyle?
0: You know in, in part, and I think because uh, part of who like my authentic self is, is is I've always just had this really insatiable desire to uh, do more meaningful, purposeful work. Yeah. and um and I think because that's such a part of who I am, I needed to be true to that and honor that. And then just in the role that I was in corporate america, i I didn't feel like uh, you know what I was able to do there was enough, and i wanted I wanted more. Um, and so, uh, but I, and I do think that it does help you, though, navigate, um, you know, in entrepreneurship, navigate uh, just kind of the trials that come with that. And and things like differentiating right in a market, yeah. uh, the more that because a lot of times the the brand also takes on. Uh, and I love, you know, Jim, you talk about this all the time about how um, the culture is really its people yeah. um, and how it takes shape of that. And so, you know, I think that. Uh, yeah, so I think it reflects and, and, and impacts it in that way. It, 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 go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, that, you know, the, the other way I'd say that it, it does is, um, it, it, as you know, you know, I grew up uh, gay in, in a very Southern Baptist, you know, deeply, and uh, in, in the 80s and 90s where um, it's it, it was still a criminal, a crime yeah, in, yeah. in a lot of places to be, and so I think when you go through that level of adversity, uh, just trying to be who you are and how, you know, how you were born. Um, it, I think what it does is it gives you, you know, and dealing with as much change as I did, I, I really think that set set me up to be able to take on a lot of challenges that you experience. And it, it gives you a lot of, uh, you know, just, you, you, you learn to love yourself unconditionally. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think that it's, I mean, obviously knowing a bit of your story, Amanda, and knowing that, um, even how you just described, you know, kids kids are authentically who they are. They don't know any better. And as we sort of get older and start to conform to what society is is pushing on us, or our families, or our friends, or what, whatever it might be that the outside influences that starts to say this is this is who you should be. Maybe not who you are. Um, what I love about your thought is is this idea of not just being authentic, but the unapologetic you. And it's it's. I'm wondering was there a moment for you when you realized that you didn't have to apologize anymore? And I'm just curious, what was that? Was it an epiphany? Was it something that sort of gradually came or what, when did you sit there and say, you know what, I'm not going to apologize anymore for who I am or who I, who I desire to be.
0: You know, I think that, uh, you know, it was definitely, uh, it was it was definitely a little later in life for me as far as the unapologetic part um because but I think I think what it was it got to a point where I just really realized like I I, other people aren't going to love me I'm I'm not going to be able to uh really make the impact that I want to make unless I can fully embrace myself and it came to a point where I uh, Just you know, this unapologetic. It was just there. There are just some things in my life that are not up for debate, and, and who I am is is just one of them. And it's uh, and then when when you start to see how things take shape after that, um, and how uh, a lot of times you'll find that people actually have a lot more respect for you because uh, again, all of us there are some ways that all of us are different, and that we all just want to be more of who we are and want, you know, to live in, in, in a, in a world and in an environment and communities where people uh, just kind of accept us for who we are. And so I, I think that it starts just like any other kind of boundaries in life. Like you just say that unapologetically, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love myself and accept myself for who I am. And um yeah. And, 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 and you know, it's a man that kind of, uh, you know, treatment from others as well.
1: I so. think it's also, you know, when we, when we think about, at least for me, when I think of unapologetically and, and for myself, you know, being in my, you know, I spent, I spent a good portion of my time from say 20 to 40, uh, in the, in just engrossed in the church world as well. And, and that's sort of like an added <laughs> pressure, uh, always. And, and you sort of coming out of that Baptist background as well, makes it really tough Um, but I look at it and I go, we can still attack the world with love from a position of love, um, in a way that, that isn't, we're not, we're not trying to be offensive. We're not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. We're not saying, screw you. This is who I am. We're saying, you know what? I just don't want to hide anymore. I just want to embrace who I am and the people who love me should want that too. Right.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I think that that's that is when we think of apologizing, I think we think of we're apologizing because we've hurt somebody's yeah. feelings, but that's not what this is about. Right. You know, it this is about just being able to own who you are, who you were meant to be, who you were made to be and and doing it in a way that still allows you to to have the impact that you desire and I think that's been your your entire life. I mean, you go back and look at all of the things that you've accomplished over your life all of the organizations that you devote your time to your efforts your charity to and i think that that speaks volumes that that's sort of the position that you've taken is you know what i'm, I'm going to love people through it
0: and, and i think the the other important lesson and that is you know yes it's for you know your own um you know confidence and, and ability to uh, really fulfill your potential and, and, and meaning in life. But, uh, also equally as important, I think is that, you know, we allow others to do the same because, um, and we create more of a society that, I I really believe we start to get to some of our, some of our greatest issues. Um, are a lot of times at the root of it is is the, is people's fear of of difference and the other mm-hmm. and not understanding other people's experiences and um and when we're all better as a society if everybody is living up to more of their their true potential and um you know there's a quote and i i i think i saw it in that netflix doc it was called the net i think um but it's it's difference is a strength. Um, and uh, our, our diversity is a strength uh difference is a teacher yeah uh, if if you fear difference, you learn nothing and mm-hmm. um I think there's something about uh you know also trying to learn more and understand the experiences of others and 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 by allowing other people to kind of be who they are um it, you know, we're, we're better off as a society. And I, I loved your point on love. It is, it is truly the prescription to, to most that is ill in the world.
1: There's a, there's a line in a Bruce Coburn so- song that I love that says, uh, he's going to kick the darkness until it bleeds daylight. Right. And I think that's just <laughs> so incredible. I love
0: that. Wow. Wow.
2: When when I was working um at Hard Rock, actually when I first started there, I, I just knew that these these people that worked for brand, it was probably the most interesting collection of humans I'd ever seen on the planet. And one thing that I loved about them was the fact that they relished diversity. They relished individuality. You know, that, that identity for them was was, you know, excuse the pun, it was really instrumental. And it allowed people, I think, not only to accept themselves and sort of be on this island with a bunch of other crazy people the island of misfit toys right but it started to attract <laughs> other people that were different it attracted i yeah. think um, you know customers and guests that said hey look these people look and behave and act like me and there weren't a lot of companies at that time that were doing it. i think more are starting to figure it out but you know i loved also that the organization that i was there for over two decades They would emblazon these mottos on the wall, like all is one, take time to be kind, save the planet. I mean, these are things before they were, you know, buzzwords and popular back in the (laughs) 80s. And so, yeah, you, you can't have that stuff on the wall and in some training manual and then not do it. It's liar, liar, pants on fire. So, yeah, you know, I think I'm one of these people who I came to the organization maybe maybe a, a little bit different, a little bit jaded. You know, I was a little bit more in corporate America and then I just, I got to rediscover myself by hanging out with people that were just so unique. And I don't know. I love that number one about you and, and you, you Brant, you may not know this, but Amanda really was kind of one of the early adopters of of not just Twitter, but social media. I couldn't figure it out. Like, I'm looking at it going, (laughs) I don't care what you're having for lunch, right? And Amanda's screaming about the power of social media and how you can, you know, change governments and move, you know, mountains and you know The fact that you can be your authentic self and, and you had a platform, you still have a platform, you can now inspire others, I think it's just it just makes you more beautiful. My, my crush on you grows every, every single day. <laughs> hmm.
0: Well, it's mutual.
1: There's a love fest going on over here. Yeah, for sure.
0: Always. Well,
1: I think it's a perfect transition because we're going to talk <laughs> next about, <laughs> yes. about happiness, right? And this is really where our thought is going to come into play. Oh step Rock, number two. And our thought is this, and I, and this came across, um, I read this once from, uh, Michael J. Fox, and I think it's just, especially knowing his situation, it's, it's incredible. But the the thought is this, my happiness grows in direct proportion to my acceptance and in inverse proportion to my expectations. And wow. yeah, right. I mean, just knowing what he's battling and, uh, sort of his last 20 years of his life, Uh, And I I think that it's such a transferable thought about acceptance. Our happiness is sort of facing this tug of war between acceptance and expectations. And for me, acceptance is all about truth, right? So whatever your truth is, that's what you need to accept. Whether that's who you are individually, whether that's a situation going on at work, whether it's a, a part of a relationship that you are in, the acceptance of truth is truly in direct proportion to how happy you have the ability to be, right? Um, But yet we allow expectations, whether they're our own or our friends or our families to sort of skew the balance so that the chances of us ever really truly being happy become infinitely more difficult. And I think that I would imagine you've experienced this multiple times in your life, Amanda. But uh, for me, it's, it, it is rung true. Uh, especially as I've gotten older, it is, it is rung true over and over and over again in my life. Has that, has that been experienced with you?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I, I, every so often I have to like just put myself in check when I'm feeling, you know, really down or, um, you know, I find myself maybe sorting negative more often and, you know, and, and, and just pause and say, you know, I, I make myself like write gratitude list yeah. and remind myself of all the great things are. Because I, I do think that um, a lot of times we're where a lot of that anger and anxiety stems from it's unmet expectations. Yep. And so, um, you know, and, and sometimes just putting back in. in I, I love that. I love the way you put it about uh just kind of embracing and accepting your truth. Uh and that uh, but yeah, I I've I've definitely felt felt that in many in all contexts of life
1: really. Well, I know, I was laughing with Jim as we were looking for a show image for you. I'm like she's she's like she's got this smirk about her. That is, that is like every picture I found of like, there it is again. She, she has got the most famous smirk that I think I've ever seen. But I think that, that again, um, it's one of those things with our happiness that the sooner that you can, first of all, getting to the root of what your truth is. Most people never take the time. They're too afraid that they're going to disappoint someone. They're too afraid of what the truth might actually be and what that means for them in their life and the potential pain that might come from whatever that truth is. But if they truly would understand that it's only in accepting that that they're ever going to actually experience the type of happiness that that they should, um, I think we'd find this world to be a lot better place. And, I, you know, it's funny to me that Especially in the political climate that that we find ourselves in these days, um, this acceptance and expectations tug of war—I I don't know that it's ever been more prominent um, or a more difficult. Fight, and and I think that uh, my biggest concern, my biggest issue, comes from there are so few people that have actually taken the time to determine their truth, their core values, what matters most to them. And instead, they are focusing on sort of this other side of an expectation of what the media says is truth or what the American population wants or deserves or needs or whatever that might be. And it's why I have such a difficult time talking to people about politics is because I want to have a values-based conversation and they can only give me an emotionally charged conversation and, and being in sort of, you've been in this realm for a long time. Where do you think we are? Do you think that this is part of the struggle of this acceptance versus expectations and values versus, you know, emotions is what's got us into a bit of a pickle these days?
0: Well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, so I think that um, I think in part, um, you know, it's it's kind of deliberate, you know, and I'm going to use some strong language, uh, not inappropriate, but strong language, yeah. kind of a psychological warfare going on. And it, and it and definitely social media has been weaponized to a big extent with that. But I think when I politics becomes kind of propaganda uh, from any corner, right. Uh, of where they stand. And then you have uh, people who um, uh, start to, and I think this is back to like embracing the authentic, unapologetic you Um, too often. I think we're defining ourselves by labels and brands and titles and, you know, different, you know, it's so, so much of this polarization is really connected to uh, identity and it's not just on one side, it's on all sides of it. Right. So right. if you, if kind of look at some of the, uh, the stats on that, people, um, are, you know, really part of who they are, uh, in, in their mind have they've connected it and tied it to these identities. And so, um, of, you know, I'm a Republican or a Democrat that this and this and to your point. And then I just think that, uh, the way the system is, is that, you, you know, uh, each side uses the worst examples of the other side, right, right. to put up as, as a picture and a face of who this is. Um, we talk past each other. There's a lot of propaganda. It's really like low uh, levels. You know, there's, it's all really systematic. And I think that um, when you take, the, you know, the the kind of politicians out of it, and you put families at a dinner table, or you put you know people in a community together at a table, and if we if we don't ask the questions that are, they have like the trigger words in it, right? We ask the questions differently. I forget who it was. that a poll or did a uh, study not too long ago? And they asked a lot of like kind of a hot button topics, but they asked them using different language. It was just the way that they reframe the, the uh, questions and how, how closely aligned. Actually we were more uh, closer than apart mm-hmm. uh, than if you ask them in a different way than they're used to hearing it. So hmm. I think, I think that, uh, A lot of that is this. uh, And I think like one of the examples was, uh, do you think that um, uh, or or what do you think? What percentage of the nation do you think uh, uh, or what what percentage of the total income do you think the wealthiest, whatever percent? And and Democrats and Republicans both uh, answered the same on that. And then they said, how much do you think it should be? And they both answered the same on that. And so they started and then they started asking, like, just what should we do about it again, but not not putting like politically charged language in there. And so right. I, I, I it, but I think what happens is uh, we're being used by, by, by people that don't, don't have the best of intentions sure. um, to, uh, you know, really kind of the other that a lot of people are maybe some more naturally uh, afraid of that's being pitted against us. And so your people like will fear what they don't know. Yep. And then when they're, they're, they're hearing the worst extreme versions, right. That usually aren't, aren't true. So it, anyways, I could, I could talk a lot about that, but um, this is where I think we just need to, if we were more open uh, to wanting to understand others, Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, wanting to understand their experiences and wanting to, and look at that as, as some, some way that we can learn and collaborate more and, and come up with like real solutions. We could do that, uh, versus kind of the trajectory that it's on now to just kind of further polarize and push us further to the, to the edges.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's, you know, we're in a battle over the definition of truth, you know, oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the, at least for me speaking to both sides of the fence is that their version of the truth is their version of the truth but whether it's fact <laughs> or actual truth um, is always up for debate and I think that's we get lost in that in that argument unfortunately and lose what you just discussed which is we're actually closer than than we are further apart but everything sort of conspiring or against us these expectations of this is how I should be. This is what we should do as a party. This is what we should have as, an, as a country. These are the things we should fight for. Um, really puts, you know, it's, it's interesting in the it, you know, I wrote a book on change last year. And in the studying of, of what it's like for us to deal with change, one of the things that we talked about a lot, and it's something that Brene Brown has, has focused on in some of her specials more recently, is this element of shame and, you know, when when we allow others' expectations to determine our truth, we allow a level of shame to enter our lives that really do some significant damage. Um, yeah. and, and it's because we are not focused on our truth. We are not focused on accepting who we are, our unapologetic, authentic self. We are focused on what somebody else wants. And we, you know, we used an example of, you know, smoking, obviously everybody knows smoking is bad for you at this point, right? Who, who on the planet does not know that smoking is not good for your health. But if you are, you know, a 65, 70 year old person and you're smoking and you've smoked your entire life and now you've got your kids or grandkids who are like, you know, don't do this. This is unhealthy for you. And and your family is reaching out saying, don't you want to see your granddaughter graduate from high school? Don't you want to see your grandson get married? And, and the truth, as hard as it is to hear might be that they don't care. And, and that is their truth that they really want to live with. But the expectations of everybody put on them doesn't allow them to ever embrace and accept that truth. And so they live this life in shame, which leads to anxiety and depression and everything else that we end up dealing with. And, and if you look at this country right now, I don't know how, I mean, we are a country filled with anxiety and depression. <laughs> I mean, suicide rates are at an all-time high. It is absolutely insane what we are facing as an organization, as a company, as a, as a country now, as organizations, as companies, as families, um, as communities. And I I don't know that, that there is better advice than what you've already said, which is let's, let's spend some time being our authentic unapologetic selves and, and finding common ground somewhere in between. Yeah,
0: it, it really is. uh, Our differences are really the teacher that we need Yes, And, and, um, it's, it, it's, I think that a lot of that anxiety will start to fade if people were just talking to each other, right? Because a lot of the anxiety that you carry that they feel this way about me, or I'm afraid of this, or, you know, and, and if we, if we genuinely show a good uh, faith effort to understand people and, um, and, and not try to shame them into, you know, I mean, just, but, but if we really have a desire to understand others and their experiences, um, you know, it will alleviate some of that. And it's tough. I mean, I have a, I'm, I'm deeply conflicted because I'm in a space right now that I have a love-hate relationship with.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I've
0: uh, met some of the most amazing people on the planet because of social media. I met my wife. I met, uh, we found our little puppy cat Prince on Facebook. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of good that's come from it. I started a company. Um, been able to do a lot of good for a lot of good causes. But I also, it is the thing that keeps me up at night is, uh, the damaging uh, negative uh, impacts of scale that this space really has on a psycho psychologically um, and how, just how it's designed to just arrest and capture our attention and and that 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 you know and it, it it's it, it's really designed to provoke the worst of our, our our human instincts, not the best of them right And so you know our confirmation bias to our kind of outrage to our, and so, um, as we kind of get, uh, and it's, I, I say psychological warfare because it really is what's happening digitally. Um, and so I think that, you know, these digital detoxes are good. Um, when you start getting to that, 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 place where you feel the rage and the, you know, and then get out and, you know, talk to other people or do something, you know, take action, you know, offline, um, that can help, uh, help do that but again it always goes back to this core though if we we were just letting people be who they are um, more and tried to understand and and let that those different our our differences be you know our teacher uh, we'd be be way better off
2: you're like the perfect case study for what we're talking about, the, the happiness growing in direct proportion. Your love-hate meter probably is like every day, on, off, on, oh, yeah. off. Oh, yeah. I will tell yeah. you, Brant, you, you, will, you will not see a single smirk on Amanda's face if you would have been at her wedding. You <laughs> Amanda, you were beaming the whole time. It was the greatest event ever. I mean, our friends now, Kathleen Wood and I talk about that event all the time. You just – you were just so happy. And, and actually what I wanted to do just before we sort of wrap up here, I know that you have so many causes that, that you focused on. But I think you know part of being the authentic you and also your direct proportionate uh, you know, focusing on happiness is when you are giving to others. And I think about you know probably because that's the industry we grew up, the hunger-related stuff like supporting No Kid Hungry or, or basically any organization that's focused on helping people get food. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the work that you do with that? And if you wanted to talk about, you know, this small group of influencers that that we sort of created called the changes of commerce.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah. Any opportunity to do that. We we did that at our wedding too. Uh, It's the most redemptive day of my life, but we, we, um, but we also wanted to, you know, use that occasion to kind of point to some of, some of these great causes. And so some of my, yeah, some of, some of uh, mine are, as you mentioned, No Kid Hungry. That's focused on uh, ending childhood hunger in America. And so, through the work that they've done uh, over the years, have been able to really reduce uh, childhood hunger by like 30%, um, which is extraordinary. Yep. And um, and then uh, so NoKidHungry.org. Uh, and we uh, BTC we work with we work with No Kid Hungry on uh, some social stuff, on some advocacy stuff. Um, another one is uh, Refugees International. Um, you know, there are some really uh, just horrific and terrible things happening around the world, whether it's, um, you know, from uh, violence and wars to uh, people fleeing, fleeing from like climate crises. And, um, you know, their Refugees International really uh, puts, a, brings a spotlight and raises awareness to some of those things uh, that are happening. And, um, and really humanizes the stories of these refugees that are just, you know, looking for a better life and, and fleeing for safety. Uh, and a, and a lot. so that's refugeesinternational.org. Um, and uh, we just did a, a, a cool World Refugees uh, Day uh, activation with them. Um, and and then I'd also say uh, the, the Human Rights Campaign is another I mean, I could tell you tell uh, a, a bunch of tears, but the Human Rights Campaign is another one that is uh, uh really um uh important to me uh, i think it's, it's interesting to me how many people don't realize that still in the majority of states you can be fired uh for uh or, or um not denied housing uh and other kind of basic needs and necessities for simply for being lgbt i think i think that people uh people think that once marriage equality ruling came through that, you know, we, we had that was it. rights. Yeah. yeah but it's, 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 it's not like that. And actually uh, a lot of the employers kind of fortune 500 brands are ahead of in like policy, uh, than you know, our lawmakers, but there are still, uh, the majority of States, uh, that you can, uh, can be fired or denied housing or things like that. Um, so that, and then, yeah, to, uh, well, with, I'm with sorry, people, what was
2: the group, Amanda, the human rights uh, campaign? Was there a specific yeah. organization? Yeah
0: yeah it's called the human rights campaign oh, it yeah is. That's, okay yeah, it's called the human rights campaign uh they're based here in d c but they do work all over the world, so they you know, do a lot of stuff here they're they're working on some, some stuff right now that some legislation right now that would uh, uh make it illegal to discriminate based on those things so you know how that you kind of have your um you know you can't discriminate against like race religion sex. Um, it would add uh, sexual orientation uh, and gender I- I- into into that. Um, uh, but, um, and then the Changers of Commerce was, uh, you know, uh, a group of, what were we in uh, Atlanta at Cat 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 Cole's house, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. had like, I know there, there must have been music involved if we were all there. So we were probably like doing some sing alongs. And, and honestly, we get those days, we'd get together and just kind of talk about, um, you know, how we thought the world should look and behave and we would talk about what we could do to uh to do that and so one night we got inspired about we we're kind of talking about practicing the more conscious form of capitalism and so we uh boy i think we had like outlined just by the end of that night like a script to yeah. uh you, you and you and brandon were kind of outlined a script to a video and uh just started this group of uh, and that we went to places like um, Ethiopia was really interesting to see kind of a uh, global hope network international, who's another organization that we're, we're passionate about. Um, they, they have this like transformative uh, model that helps these villages become sustainable on their own. Some of the poorest villages in the world. And it was really interesting to me is how that mo- their model there in, a, in, a, in some of the poorest villages in the world and, and what it took to like transform them was kind of the same as this more conscious connected form of, of capitalism that uh, connects bit, that, that doesn't make businesses' primary objective or only objective to, to enrich the lives of the shareholder, but also makes it, you know, uh, connected to benefiting society and, and things like that. And so that's been uh, a great, uh, an amazing group of people. And I think that uh, we've learned a lot And uh, every year at Joni and Wally from, from, TDN2K's uh, Global Best Practices Conference, uh, we, do, we do a Changers of Commerce session where people kind of share how they're using their business to help uh, c- to connect to society and um, better society and, and share those stories. So, yeah.
2: Brant, is there any doubt that Amanda's not living her authentic self? No, I mean, look at this. None at all. I feel very, very incompetent right now. Well, you should. Um, uh, uh, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> I
0: if I'm being authentic, I can, I can go through the laundry list of all my faults and
2: where I'm. Where I'm
1: That's a different you know, okay.
2: podcast. Well, we've just decided to make this an
1: hour. Let's let's go for <laughs> you know, thoughts that suck. Uh, <laughs> That's the podcast for that. <laughs> Amanda, how, how can people stay in touch with you? Um, how can they follow you on social media and just to make sure that they are staying aware of what you've got going off uh, going on in your life
0: yeah sure so um yeah you could uh, on social media uh amanda height uh, it's a-m-a-n-d-a-h-i-t-e uh that's kind of my 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 handle on twitter and instagram uh amanda height on facebook linkedin um and then um, if, if you want to be in touch or contact me or BTC uh, our, our, at our website btcrevolutions.com. Um, you can, there's a there's a contact form there where you can can stand. But yeah, always like to at me, um, hit me up in my DM box if you want. <laughs> uh, uh, always always looking to connect to more great people. If, they, if they're listening to this, uh, that I, I might suspect that they're probably great people.
2: They are. They are. Well, listen, I can't, uh, thank you personally for spending some time with us. Brant And I were talking, we just wanted to get you as one of the early guests in here, but I just, I, I love you to death for so many reasons. And I know we can't squeeze it all into the podcast, but you know, we're just so thrilled that, uh, you took a few moments and, and shared your thoughts with you. And, uh, you know, if there's anything we can ever do to, to help you and help prop you up, we, we'd be happy to do that. I don't know if you're aware, but, um, the, you know, portion of this, show is going to be going to cannibal kids cancer so that's one of the things oh, that wow. we'll start doing you know focusing on pediatric cancer which is you know very close to uh um, heart as well and whether that's through our speak engagements or some of the other stuff that will go out there but the podcast will support that so you know you've influenced us to to keep keep fighting the good fight and, and supporting those that maybe don't have uh you know the right hope and and hopefully we can do that but thank you so much for being here Oh, my
0: pleasure. Thanks for having me. You, you all are
2: awesome. We'll Thank talk to you soon. There. You rock. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.
1: Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at
2: your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock Rock on. on!